Welcome to the NY Patriot Show. Uh, in this episode, I got two people with me that I could not be happier to have on right now, especially for the topic that we're going to be talking about. And I can't get enough of the Smiley Face Killers or the Idaho Four. And in this episode, we might be able to talk about both of them in a weird way. Um, today, I have on with me the man himself, the myth, the legend, William Ramsey. I'm sure everybody knows who you are by now, but just in case they don't, William, let everybody know where they could find your show and your amazing work. Yeah, I've done, I'm almost close to a thousand episodes on my podcast, William Ramsey Investigates. I kind of moved over there after I got censored from YouTube, and then my website is the same thing. You can find my books are available there if you'd like signed copies, or they're on uh, Amazon as well, so... But yeah, I've been following these cases. I, I've been going through the smiley face cases since 2016. My first case was a guy by the name of Joey Labute out of Columbus, Ohio. And then just so much has happened in the past 12 months. It's just an incredible amount of cases. So I called it a rampage in Chicago. And then there's a lot of very suspicious water deaths in um, Austin, Texas as well. Yes, and that, and that that is a reason why I have Lisa with us as well today. Um, people may notice her from the Eyeball series that has been coming out, and she is working on other topics with me and other people. But she is also a very big fan, well, not a fan of, I guess she's very intrigued by the Smiley Face Killers and the Idaho Four. So uh, she has done some pretty extensive research on her own, especially on the ones in Texas. So we got Lisa joining us as well. What is up, Lisa? Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Yes, and you do not have a show, so there's nothing to plug. So <laughs> I guess uh, we'll just get right into it. Um, as usual, Ramsey comes with receipts, and he's got slides to add. So I'm going to pull those up on the screen, and everybody can get a chance to look at that as well. Um, I don't know where you want to start off, William. Uh, we can just start off. I mean, there's the, these things are happening in... Uh, Austin. So there's a lot of recent Austin cases. This is huge over social media and the regular media and print media as well. There's a lot of speculation and involvement of what's going on. And some obviously people are noticing a pattern, but they just pulled somebody, this guy, Moga Dogal from Lady Bird Lake seems to be this dumping ground of this, but this Moga Dogal, there's not a lot of information on some of these cases. The other, some cases are very well uh, memorialized by family members or things like this. But this Moga do a gal was June 27th. So not that long ago within the last, you know, 10 days, but before him, there was uh, Christopher Hayes Clark, African-American guy. So it's a lot of people have this impression that a lot of these cases are just white men or something, but that's not the case anymore. Mm -hmm. It might've been at the beginning, but now a lot of South Asian, Indian, African-American, especially yeah. in Chicago, yeah, so Lisa this guy, had, Christopher Hayes Clark was black. I, Lisa had mentioned to me about them being black with this one. We're the first two African-Americans out of Austin, I believe, in terms of identification. Because there's been other bodies that have been pulled and they don't have an identification. So nothing is revealed about them. No gender. No, I mean, gender, yes, but no um, race or ethnicity or anything like that. But the last two, John Christopher Hayes Clark, which was in late April, and then Moga Dogel, Dogel, um, here recently on the 27th of June, 
those were both African-American. And uh, with Moga, I believe he had just, not just, but his family immigrated from Sudan and they were living here in Austin, um, has some siblings. There's uh, been chatter of family members. I mean, I'm sorry, chatter of people that have gone to school with his family members here in Austin. And so they, I, I don't know how long they've lived in Austin, but there is that they were here in Austin. I believe he's 23 um, was the last age I saw on um, some of the forums. And Lady Bird Lake is not some kind of rushing river, right? It's basically a, a large pond. Like if you fall in, you can get out. It's not like there's heavy Correct. currents or anything like that that are anything near it's mainly you know, sinister driven yeah it's mainly wind driven i mean the the initial colorado river starts in the panhandle of texas and then flows all the way into the gulf of mexico and then um and then uh what they did is they established um 11 reservoirs throughout and then the the ladybird late is the one that is wherever all the bodies are being recovered and that like what you said it it, there is a soft current just from the normal flow of the river itself, but there isn't a heavy, heavy flow to where, you know, it's riptides or anything like that. Um, but the, the flow is from west to east. And so some of the podcasts that you have mentioned, um, majority of the bodies are being found upriver. Um, there has been two in Longhorn Dam, I believe the first one in April, and then there was another one this year. Um, so that kind of makes sense because it's all flowing towards the east. But the other ones, a majority of the other ones, have been upriver. And they're, like you said, there isn't a huge current. It's mainly wind-driven. So, yeah. It's like a lazy river. Lazy river ride. Yeah. So if you fell in, you could just pop back out unless something that's more sinister happened. But the right. notion that these guys are kind of walking right. down and then other sudden flounder around and can't get well, out of the water. You don't, how deep is, is this? Absurd. How deep is this river? Um, in some places it's about four feet in other places, it's bigger. It's like, but there's a lot of growth in it. And I I think that's another thing because it's not flowing, flowing there is. And here recently, like I believe two days ago when I went down, I mean, it's just so overgrown. You can see the vegetation coming up through, um, the water and the, the, let the lake level is down significantly. I mean, I'm short Um, as hell, but I'm sure if I fell in four feet of water, I, like Ramsey said, I'd get back up. Like, Correct. And I are also claiming there's all this debris, and there is there is debris down in there, of course. But there has been um, this guy on some of the forums that puts a drone in the water, and he's been showing that there isn't as much debris. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of nasty and really gross in there, but it's not, you know, um, as well, one as, yeah. One thing that connects all of these cases and connects almost all uh, people within the big spectrum of smiley face killing cases is that nobody sees these people go in the water. So it's not like they're out at a 3 p.m. outing with friends at a picnic saying, hey, Bob, I'm going to go pop in the lake. I'll see you later. They're usually out at night or they disappear, they're missing, and then later to be found dead in water. So that's kind of like the phenomenon. So people ask, why don't you talk about women? Why don't you talk about other people? Well, these aren't necessarily drownings. That's a misnomer. It's a misunderstanding. They're right. found in water. Dead. It's a cover-up, I think. Right, and there some people may have been drowned elsewhere, and uh, that's where it kind of gets even more strange. But well, even uh, Rainy Street, if you were to if you were to be on Rainy Street, it's still a ways from the lake. I mean, it's not just a block over, or you can throw a stone and you hit the lake. I mean, you have to walk a while 
to get there. I wouldn't say a mile, but it's not a block away either. I would say, you know, I, I should. It's like six blocks. There's been a couple investigators looking around there. I right. talked to one of them. It was uh, Faust was his last name. Okay. There's another guy, JP Investigates, walking around Rainy. And you can shoot straight line right down to the river. It's at least six or seven blocks. So right. these people disappear from Rainy, but, you know, they're not seen. And why aren't they on the CCTV? Right. Things like that. Like there should be obvious signs. Like I think one of the guys, Jonathan Honey, was, I mean, let's go through the list. It's okay. Mogado Gal, Christopher Hayes Clark, Jonathan Honey, Jason John, Clifton Axdell. Christopher Pugh was a survivor in 2019. Martin Gutierrez, 2018, most likely a victim of some misadventure. Then right. Randy Lexfold was found in Shoal Creek, which is a creek kind of uh, oh. east of the Rainy and then going all the way back to Julio Santos, whose sister says the same thing, like he he was thrown in the lake. Something happened to him bad, yeah. Right. So those are the kind of more recent Austin cases. I'm wondering if, like, not to, and I'm not trying to, like, make this a race thing either, but I'm wondering, like, if, you know, darker-skinned people might start becoming more of a thing, too. I think it's a good question. It's a good, very you know, good like, question. And I don't want to... you look at... Sorry, I, don't, I just say this real quick. I don't want to get off on it because this is like really out there. But like even me and you were talking about eye symbolism before. I can see how you can want to show a battle between white and black when it comes to your eyeballs. So like I do wonder like, you know, could we be moving on to black people for a specific reason? Right. That's a very good question. If you look at the list I sent you for Chicago, it was Jelani Day in 2021. And kind of the famed civil rights activist who represented... Uh, oh, Saint, what was his name? What George Floyd? Well, Crump represented Jelani Day as well. And there's this speculation that there are targeting black people in Chicago. And there's been a number of cases, not just recent ones, but going back uh, a while, there was Ambrose Monnier. Like I know the earlier cases than everything that's happening in like 21, 22, 23. But it is interesting that the kind of group used to be just considered white, at least at the beginning of the investigation into this bomb phenomenon, it was almost always white. And now in Vancouver, I sent you two cases of what South Asian or Indian, whatever you want to call them, ethnic background, two guys who died back to back within a month in Vancouver. Uh, so that was unusual. Like, why are they targeting that? If you remember the guy in Toronto, who was a serial killer, his name was MacArthur. He seemed to, he was in the gay community, but he seemed to be targeting South Asian guys too. But he, his body, he would dump the bodies in this like uh, landscape business or something like that. I think he killed like eight or, eight or nine people. Oh, but wow. yeah, there, I think that the ethnic kind of background, the ethnic, or is starting, the ethnicities are starting to reflect the diversity of the United States. Right. right. Wow. That's interesting. And I that they're college educated that was that was another thing that stuck out from the ones that were here in austin a majority of the ones from here in austin um, were not from austin they were visiting um or they had recently moved to the area and then if you look at some of the the, the victimology on this like especially with jason john he was like some sort of senior director of business management Randy Lexvold was uh he wrote his own software for voice and um voice and uh recognition um it was it's it's pretty interesting if you if you start digging into what did they do where did they get their degrees from what did they get them in really um i believe engineering one of the top ones and i think y'all mentioned that on one of the podcasts as well 
Well, it's a good point. Jason John had some very uh, strange connections as well. He was not who he was connected to, but he he had some pretty important yes. personal connections. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying he, to find what reference it was. Yeah. Gardner or Gardner or something like that. He worked for Eth- Eco Health Alliance. So if you've been following this whole thing with the well, you know gain of function stuff, Eco Health Alliance was a CIA front supporting that. So Jason John worked for Eco Health Alliance yeah. and ends up dead in water in a serial killing, which is even creepier because there was a CDC, Harvard trained CDC employee, very high up in epidemiology. His name was Cunningham. You can look him up. Okay. He also disappeared and was found in water. So these guys are connected. Like Cunningham was like a first rate academic, also African-American, disappeared, found like 20 you know, two months later, dead in Atlanta, Georgia. But this is who, Jason John is one of the Austin men found. He worked with his girlfriend, Tara Hoda, could be this scientist with gain-of-function, Peter Dazak's Echo Health Alliance. So th- this is like, these are people who are getting financed by uh, Anthony Fauci before. You came. mentioned Harvard, and I want to say that I think Jonathan Honey did uh, work at uh, did school out of Harvard. I don't know if it was like an online thing, but I did see that on his LinkedIn. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. One of those LinkedIn. Yeah, no, it gets really crazy. Yeah, I want to really ask crazy. just real quick because I see this on this news thing. It says Texas serial killer fears as uh, bodies pile up and rumors swirl of roofy murderer. Now, are they saying that these people were drugged prior as well? There's a lot of talk on Reddit about Rainy being a roofie epicenter, people getting drugged and disappearing. So uh, there's this one guy who's not really mentioned in this group. His name is Christopher Pugh. His last name is spelled P-U-G-H. And he was down there in Rainy and disappeared for 60 days. And he was found near Ladybird Lake. So he wasn't actually in the water, but he was found in some grass. After a search, like literally the searchers found him and he got up, they took him, he had some very serious injuries, but when he got to the hospital, he said, I have no idea what I've been doing for the last 60 days. Yo, that's, you know, Teresa, uh, you met her, my other, my other co-host, she had sent me a link to that a few days ago and was like, yo, did you hear about this? Some dude disappeared for two months and you read the article and it like, it just says he disappeared, showed back up. It's been blah, 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 but nothing about like, well, where did he go? What happened? I had no idea that he doesn't remember. Yeah, so he doesn't remember. Uh, so the, this, there's like, you can, I'll try to send you this Reddit thing where they're talking about all the people telling their story of, of get, stories of getting roofied. And a lot of these cases, a lot of the victims act very strange. So uh, one of the benefits is the family members get involved. So for example, example, Martin Gutierrez, his brother, Mitchell, is heavily involved and actually was at the, Austin city council meeting talking about his brother's disappearance and death, but he actually did something very wise, which I'd recommend to any uh, family member of a victim, but he went and looked at the CCTV video. He said, my brother's acting very abnormal. His brother was a young, good looking guy, 25 healthy. They used to work out in the morning together. So this isn't kind of like, you know, beached whale type guy. This is a very healthy guy. He said he's running around. He was sprinting around acting strange. He got kicked out. So that's also another aspect of this phenomenon that happens often is these victims act strange and then get kicked out or are prevented from re-entering the bar. So the CCTV tells a different story about 
Martin Gutierrez, I would say for sure that he, he bars of releasing CCTV as well is that sometimes they won't and sometimes they will. And I believe some of the family members are starting to ask the bars to pass out uh, like litmus bar strips to test your drinks to see if they've been, you know, um, laced with something. And some of the bars are outright refusing to even wow. allow them. There was a uh, two people, women arrested in Austin. They were involved in like netting like five or six figures worth of money from people's uh, bank cards. They were going around Austin bars, drugging men and stealing them. The men would not even know. So it wasn't, it was motivated by economics. But imagine what if they over drugged a man, you know, what would they do? What would they panic? And the same thing happened in New York city. There was a huge ring of men who were heterosexual targeting homosexual men, drug them and then go back to their house and, and steal all their stuff. So these are both things that happened within the last year. So there are drugging gangs. It's yeah. not just individuals. Like, Or if you remember um, Jeffrey Dahmer, that was kind of his MO. He was constantly drugging people. He was kicked out of a gay bathhouse for drugging. Like they caught him drugging dudes. And that was kind of his his thing. Like that's how he would, he would take them home and drug them, if you remember. Well, didn't even so, see this is weird too because like didn't even Gacy kind of have I don't know about drugging but like, he seemed to be like into <laughs> younger guys gay stuff and was it him that also has a connection with Dahmer from picking up somebody from the same bar or is that a different person a different serial killer there's a connection between that, Gacy and another serial killer I think you're right yeah no there's a K- Casey the guy who worked for the Ripper crew in Chicago the Satanic they were they liked women. The Ripper crew, his name was, I can't remember. He worked for Gacy. It's unbelievable. But he full Satanist. But Gacy's kind of ties into the smiley face killing phenomenon because the last four victims that he had, he dumped in a Chicago waterway, so southeast Chicago. So he ties into that. And there was also speculation that Gacy was traveling around kind of uh, Tennessee, Illinois, Ohio, and preying on men and dumping them in water, but he was never caught for those, but he was investigated for it. So that was kind of like his thing. Like he would go on weekenders and take all of his torture equipment and stuff like that. But yeah, Gacy ties in. But if you remember, Jeffrey Dahmer was in Milwaukee and Chicago. He would travel down to Chicago to like uh, abduct people and hurt them. Yeah. I was going to say expounding on the whole drug thing. There's been three huge major drug busts here in Texas. Um, the, the most recent one was in June and they, they took like 900,000 pills out of Fort Worth, which is at close to Dallas of fentanyl. And then it was in April 27th, they seized over 500,000 doses of fentanyl here in Austin. It was a huge bust. And then early in April, um, I believe it was 3.1 million doses of fentanyl seized in Mission, Texas, which was which right on the border. This this is really interesting because I think it was when we had JJ JJ on uh, with Ron and was talking about the Idaho Four. You remember when we were talking about how we thought there might have been connections with a uh, like drugs or a cartel going on. Remember, like, I think we were kind of like getting into just it was just an idea. It was just a theory that we're throwing around that maybe, you know, uh, these were people kind of being taken care of because they fucked up because there happened to be drug busts and then something else going on, I think, with some, you know, Internet money stuff. And it's just like, you know, I see drug busts you're talking about in Texas. 
and now mm-hmm. people showing up dead. And I right. see things to do with drugs possibly over by uh, Idaho 4, and people are showing up dead. So that's actually kind of like, you know, maybe entertain that idea a little bit more. No, homicides are up, and they're already at 35, uh, Just and we're halfway through the year, and I think the highest for Austin ever has been 88. So we're almost near that, but, yeah. I see you pulled this up, uh, Ramsey. Yeah, that is the bust. This is this year. I follow this guy who kind of is in Austin following these cases. He looked into the Randy Lexbold case and kind of went to the scene of the crime. But uh, he posted this. Forgot his name, but this is May 6, 2023. This is the drugging bust. Criminals are drugging people in Austin's bars and robbing them. This is a much bigger issue than most think. So this is the woman who got popped. You know what would be interesting to uh, maybe check out? Um, you know, and I'm going this off of stuff that I have seen with uh, the the Kylie Rodney case. There were some people who were doing, like, research on that, and they started to come across uh, people with GoFundMes for Kylie Rodney, and it just, you know, it seemed very shady. People would have GoFundMes, and, like, their aunt that they even show as their aunt on Facebook is, like, the receiver of the money at the end. It's just, like, really weird. But now you're talking about this kid for 60 days. He disappeared. I'm, I'm wondering, was there a GoFundMe made for 60 him? hours. Oh, 60 sorry. Hours. I'm sorry. 60 Christian hours. Christian Pugh was 60 oh, hours. Oh, all right. That's why. All right. When you said 60 days, I was like, how the fuck does well, somebody not remember where they went for 60 days? 60 I know. I fucked that up. But I, I am wondering about, like, even some of these people that disappeared over here. Like, I know I said that to you earlier. I am really interested in seeing if there was any GoFundMes made for these people. And where did that money go after the fact, too? William, there was chatter about Randy. His sister has posted a lot on some of these forums. I don't know if you've read most. Lori Faber, yeah, I. Yes. I, uh, I am in contact with a lot of SFK victim victim families. They reach out to me because I've made those two documentaries. So. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. But I know her. Yeah. She's mentioned on some of the forums that um, she has reason to believe that a GoFundMe was started for her brother to his disappearance. That was one that wow. came up with the Kylie Rodney case. I think it was Ryan Upchurch was even showing how like one of these GoFundMes was I think made like a day or so before the person even disappeared. That's incredible. Yo, there, there was ones that he was showing they were going back to YouTube channels that were like pushing that they had like the knowledge of what's going on with Kylie Rodney. Like it's almost like people are pimping out true crime to make money and making up stories to keep it going. Wow. That's amazing. It's disgusting I, I, on YouTube when it comes to true crime. Nick, when I was looking through the research today, a lot of the places I was researching was the uh, GoFundMe accounts of these people who went missing because the family members write personal stuff on there. Yeah. So that was the way. That's because so the, the reporting those. is not very thorough. No. It's almost just like a scattershot. So-and-so was found. Uh, the police say it's nothing suspicious. Go about your business. Done. That's it. They may, you, they may not even act accurate dates or things like that. Like I've caught these guys not even editing some of their posts. So uh, you have to kind of look around. The social media is very worthwhile. And I found that just researching these cases in general, the family members kind of know. So the family members will know like so-and-so was suicidal or like literally he went to so-and-so to kill himself. So you can take those people off the list because they know. But then the other ones are like, we don't even know what happened. We didn't drink very much. And he was an excellent help. I don't know why he would do something like that. Those are the ones you can tell with much more, I think, accuracy that they were met with misadventure. Uh, yeah, but I, I definitely... Can you pull 
other thing up because I yeah, just sure. want to show how big this this drugging ring was. Stolen cell phones and credit cards were then used by all those involved for more than fifty-five thousand in unauthorized transfers, withdrawals, and purchases using accounts through Austin, Round Rock, Cyprus, Katy, Houston, Texas, Atlanta, Alpharetta, Sanded Springs, Conley. Like it was all over the country, Chattanooga, Tennessee. So these there's probably people traveling around drugging people all over the place. And it kind of reminds me, one of the cases that I looked into, the biggest rapist um, in UK history was not a guy who went after women. He went after men. men. His name was Reynard Sanaga in Manchester. They call this phenomenon in Manchester, the Manchester pusher. So when bodies get found in the canals or something like that. But he, he would do, he was a drugger. He would use GHB. He was in the gay, he was known in the gay community, just like, Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer was a predominant member of the gay community. They cover all that stuff up, but uh, GHB Reynard is Sen- huge in the gay community. Huge. Yeah, that's I don't also, know well, why. We can get into all this stuff because I've re- researched Stephen Port as well outside of London. But anyway, Reynard Signaga, he would deliberately wait for the bars to empty and then go find his victims. So he was definitely like he was an experienced predator. But my my point is is that he was drugging people like crazy. And, uh, you know, who knows if something went wrong. Maybe if somebody died, they just dumped them in the water. Anyway. Yeah, no. Uh, <clears throat> I remember back in the day, <laughs> this is going back probably like 20 years ago, I'd go to raves and there was DJ Kiyoki. He was like a huge name. And I remember one time, like, I was friends with somebody who was like close to him. And we were able to go by the stage and like kind of like stand near him as he DJed. And that guy was like squirting GHB down his throat as he was DJing. All his gay friends were all, dr- it was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I, it's like, what's up with the GHB and you people? That's crazy. And they, these two druggers were posing as fake rideshare drivers. So you'll see that kind of thing. At least in the recent Chicago cases, they say that some of these people are walk driving around asking people if they need a ride late at night. So people really got to watch out for that. But yeah, so I mean, you want to go back to the um, yeah. Austin, Austin sure. ones? Of course. Yeah, so this is like the APD statement. So they're making this statement about like, you know, what these cases are done. So that's, I think, indicative that the public's interested in figuring out what's going on. So you see that. Um, but yeah, and there's, yeah, so that, so this is a bartender saying it's real. Why there are three, three reasons are right. These are fairly recent. This is April, 2023. Yeah. And then these are online things where people are going around talking to people on rainy street. Is there a serial killer? That's Fox news. You know what's kind of screwed up, though? It's like if you didn't even know this shit was going on, now you do because this dude asked you, do you think there's a serial killer? So, like, even in that itself, you actually could be striking fear into people asking them that question. Right. It's like a double-edged sword. (laughs) Right. So this is actually international news. So this is the Daily Mail out of the UK covering these things. They're calling it the Rainy Street Ripper. Yep. Rainy Street Ripper. And then this is another one, Austin American state, Statesman, a serial killer at Lady Bird Lake. Austin police say no foul play and latest death. What about the other ones? You know, so. yeah. And this is another one that wasn't covered by in this list, but he was found close to the lake. His name is Joel Darusha. And it's the classic thing, like, GoFundMe, just like you said, there's the mm-hmm. GoFundMe. That's where his body was found, I'm, I'm, that red I'm, thing. So he's fairly close to... Right. 
the lake and the dam and stuff like that. I'm telling you, that- William, you go go do your little investigative thing and start really taking a look at those GoFundMe's. You might start finding some funny shit, man. It's really interesting yeah. you say that. It's super <laughs> suspicious. You can thank me later. It's a, there are huge <laughs> monies made, though. People are making twenty, twenty-five thousand bucks. That's you know? what I'm getting at. Like even when <clears> I was <throat> watching it on that other show, this dude was like showing people clearing like fifty grand, you know, thirty grand, and it's like. But now you're sending it to one of your relatives? What the fuck? Like, shady. I don't know. So this, we're moving on to Chicago now. Are we done with Austin? Is there anything else we want to talk about in Austin? Just, uh, just the the whole, um, no, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm good. So these are the more recent ones. I mean, I can go through the list. Noah Enos was found June 12th. He was, he was missing June 12th, 2023. He was at the salt shed found June 17th, 2023. Then earlier than that was a Carlos Arce, Hispanic, missing April 2nd, found April 11th. Then an older Hispanic guy, Richard Garcia, retrieved October, April 13th, 2023. Then Seamus Gray, who I followed, he was in Waukegan, very close to the uh, Wisconsin border. And he was a young, fit guy. I think he was a merchant marine. Disappeared March 18th, found April 19th in a previously searched area. Huge search. So that's another common element of a lot of these disappearances is massive police and family searches take place, and then the body shows up in a previously searched area. But he was actually supposedly close to where he disappeared. That's where his body was found. Very suspicious. This is Jose Oderno, another Hispanic guy. Last seen February 17th, 2023, found March 16th. Then there's uh, Christoph Zubert, a Polish guy, December 3rd, found December 7th, 2022. That's Richard Garcia. And then one of the weirdest cases is the boyfriend. This is, uh, that is Inaki, what's his name? Inaki Baskaran, 23, uh, disappeared I was October looking at the 30th, chat, sorry. found November 6th. What's that? Sorry, I was looking at the chat and I was like, I'm oh, not sorry. even scrolling. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all right. There's just, I'm, I'm just kind of reading off of the outline that I gave you. So then one of the strangest cases of this is this one right here. A boyfriend and girlfriend disappeared both later to be found in Lake Michigan. So they disappeared fairly close to each other and then found uh, in Lake Michigan at a different time. Like she was found before him. So she was found May 2nd and then her boyfriend, Daniel Sotelo, was found later in May in 2022. So that's a very weird Drowning water death case. Yeah, there they are. Yeah. Boyfriend and girlfriend. UIC, so another college student. Both found in the lake. So that's tough to figure out. Yeah, grabbing two at a time has got to be a lot. Jeez. See, now that, to me, that's like multiple people involved. Yeah. I mean, I mean, oh, yeah. unless yeah, yeah. like, you know, I mean, you're real good and intimidating and have like a weapon and somehow you got both of them to listen to you. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You would think multiple no, people involved. I think that there are definitely multiple people involved. I don't think there's any question. I think that it's a group. And there, this the history of serial killers is a lot of times it's just one of the guys gets busted, but he's working in a group. You know, I think that about a lot of them. I really do. Like the Zodiac Killer and a few other ones, it's like I really don't buy that they were by themselves. You know, you just got like, you know, the you know whoever they wanted to present, I guess. This what you're seeing here is a screenshot of an interview with a uh, former FBI and CIA agent. Her name is, her name was uh, Walder, and she's Tracy Walder, and she's fully 
on board with there being a serial killer. And she kind of explains why. I mean, she kind of goes through like proximity and age, same gender, uh, water, death, originating from bars, those type of things. So this is uh, Noah Enos. He's the most recently found person. It says here, was the 18th person to be found dead in Chicago waterways over the last year. So they've included women in these kind of stuff. Some of them have committed suicide. Some are older, but I think Enos was doubt- his family thinks it was super suspicious. That's his girlfriend right there. The fact his name is Noah is just like you know really Noah drowned. Fuck. Yeah, that's weird. <clears throat> his family, th- yeah, is trying to like find out what happened to him. At least sixteen bodies. Yeah. Damn. That's Christoph Zubert. That's the 21-year-old Polish guy. That's the one that had a laceration to his face or something, right? Or... I think that sounds right, yeah. I think so. This is the last. You can see that kind of orange-reddish dot at the very top of the picture. That is Seamus Gray. This is the last known picture of him. He's able to, He's actually texting and walking at the same time. So he's on his phone. He's a Navy sailor. That's what it was. I followed that case. Uh, you can see Waukegan. It's kind of outlined in red, kind of at the side. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's north, north Chicago. Kenosha is where they had, that's where the guy shot was his face. What was the guy's name who shot the three people to death? I forgot. Oh, I don't know. During the riots. This is Peter Salvino. So he um, was one of the dead, 25-year-old doctoral candidate. So you see all these educated guys dying too, you know? Yeah. That's Arce, Carlos Arce. This is Jelani Day. So this is the guy who had Benjamin Crump representing him. And his story doesn't doesn't make sense. He was probably, he was, yeah, there was all kinds of things happened to him. He was missing. His car was separated. There were pieces of his clothing around. It was just all kinds of stuff. Was this the one where the person's car was like kind of like left even in like, some like weird area, like almost down like a side street or something. I think so. I think so. It was, he, was or like his body. he was found in water. Or was he the one where like his car was parked like at his grandparents and not his house? And but it was like something weird. I have in my notes that his car, wallet, clothing, and phone and body were found in five separate locations. Right. Wow. Yeah. And so they actually, in May 16th, 2022, the governor. Pritzker signed the Jelani Day bill into law to amend the Missing Persons Identification Act and require a medical examiner or coroner to notify the FBI if a body can't be identified within 72 hours of discovery. So he was getting his, I think his doctorate, he had already um, had his bachelor's and something, if I remember. Oh, yeah, he was a, he was a graduate of Al, graduate of Alabama Bama A&M. This was really interesting. This is a, when he was, this guy was a kid. He was a John Wayne Gacy survivor. Like Gacy tried to kill him in a, in a hotel room. But the reason that I have that on there is because it was about, he mentions in this interview that Chicago PD came and were looking around saying, Hey, has anybody found any dead bodies around here or disappearances or anything? And explains more in detail what Gacy was doing. He was clearly not just sitting around Chicago. I think he was known to like cruise and travel and try to find victims. I think I may have actually like seen this. 
I came across this before. Uh, yeah, it's soft white underbelly. This is so Joel Arduino. Lincoln Park. I'm almost positive Lincoln Park came up with something. I know they've come up in something that I've covered. I don't know if it was associated with Gacy or some other cult. I know I've come across Lincoln Park in Chicago. Like for something, either picking people up or something like that. And then we move on to Houston. They've had cases back to back. They had these very close cases. One was a guy by the name of Ridge Cole. And you can see this. This is where he's found. You can tell. Like, how did he drown in that? It's right. like a it's like a creek. This that's what you'll see over and over is like the places where these people drowned are not like riptide currents or anything. Yeah, like that. I have a friend that lives in Pennsylvania and like five minutes from her house, there's like things like this that we go in tubes and just sit in it and it takes us an hour to get back to where, you know, to go down the place. Like that's exactly like, I mean, you're not, in my opinion, if you were to trip and fall, you're not going to fucking drown. Like, and I wouldn't yeah. think like, oh, I'm going to go kill myself in here. I'm going to go drown myself in there. It, drowning like, you is a try very your unusual tub, way you might be better off in your tub. suicide. Yeah. It's a very unusual way to do it. It's yeah. just, yeah, I mean, areas like that and people showing up in these things, I find that very sketchy because it's just like, I, I don't I don't buy like, oh, they were drunk and fell and drowned. I don't know. Doesn't some yeah. of the these reveal that the lung weight is less than even normal average weight for lungs and therefore they, it's it's contradictory to accidental drowning? I think so. Some some of the cases, some of the uh, medical examiner stuff isn't revealed, but right. I think a few of them have been that way. Like they don't show, they don't say drowning, or sometimes it's unexplained. But yeah, no, those those autopsies and things those don't go out to the public. So that's a rich cool twenty eight young guy should be able to get up and get out of the water. Maybe he wasn't wearing it's his mask. It's not that long ago. <laughs> seven months ago. And then this is a close one right by him was this guy Delano Burks. I think you'll see him next. Delano, Delano, missing November 13th. So this guy disappeared November 11th. Then Delano Brooks, Brooks disappears November 13th. And then he's found November 25th. Can you, can you scroll forward? Mm-hmm. That's Delano Brooks. Burks, excuse me. African-American guy. That's him right there. Former football player. So he played for, I think, Texas A&M, like athletic. This is off to Vancouver. So these are the Vancouver cases. See, like if this kid was picked up, odds are you're going to be like, all right, this kid's young. He's fucking, he's got some spunk to him. He's on football. We might need like two or three dudes just to make sure we get him. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be trying to count. Do I got a taser maybe to shoot him with first? Like if they (laughs) drug him, it even goes back to the first case in Manhattan, like McNeil. He seemed to have been drugged, right? Yeah. McNeil said somebody was spotting him and knew that he was vulnerable. Let's follow him, and then we'll get out and talk to him. He won't remember it tomorrow. Let's see if we can just get him and cajole him into the car. And that goes back to the whole thing with the whole symbology that I used from the broken video is that's what they were doing, driving around looking for victims. Like, but that was supposedly fiction, but that was in my first documentary. Uh, But yeah. So I think that that's maybe the case of Delano Burks. Burks is that they knew they drugged him. Cause if you go and look at the information, it's like, he's acting strange. He got separated from his friends. He was going into bar to go take a leak and never came back out. So maybe somebody knew that he had been, he had been dosed. Yeah. 
and just followed him around. And then he was like found like seven or eight miles away from where he was last seen. He was in northeastern Houston and then ended up in southeastern Houston in the in the port of Houston. Just doesn't make sense. So nobody knows how he got that far away. So I think that's what happens. I, I think that the really the drugging is a crucial component. Because then I, I forgot the about that. Them. There is yeah. a lot of that to do with the older ones, and I think you even mentioned uh, some of the older cases. GHB was also found as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I forgot that drugging is like a common. So these are the two guys in Vancouver, back to back. One was missing May 29th, twenty three, and other ones May nineteenth, twenty twenty three. So literally ten days apart. Two South Asian, Indian, whatever. I don't know what they're where in South Asia they're from, but. <clears throat> Uh, so now we moved on to Hudson Lindau. Do you want to take a guess what building that is in the background? Yeah, see, I was actually going to ask you at one point, I was going to be like, can we get into how this connects to the Idaho 4? And I think this is where we're at now, right? This is him. So, like, the University of Idaho is a pretty small campus. It's not huge. So it's in Moscow. But this guy, Hudson Lindau, was found dead in May of 2022. And I think the crimes for the four murders were in November, right? But May is what summer, right? So it's summer. But this is a picture taken. I don't know why they black these people out, but do you know what that house is behind him? Yeah, it looks like that house, doesn't it? That's it. That's the Moscow Four house. So this is, you know, this is literally just crazy stuff. But um, yeah, if you go on to the next one, you can see where he supposedly died. So this all turns into he was 19, he was found in Paradise Creek. Uh, May 1st, 2022, he was partying that night that he disappeared with some of the victims at a frat, at a frat party. So some of the four victims were hanging out with him and then he drowned, supposedly drowned in a Creek right outside of frat row. And I'll put the pictures on there. I can tell you pretty much with 95% accuracy, he did not drown in that Creek. They just washed their hands of this whole thing. He was pretty much murdered. You guys have something you want to say, Lisa? It looked like you were getting ready to say something. Okay. I think it was so shallow. I don't understand how how he even drowned. Yeah. This is it. So th- remember, this is spring. It's it's summer, right? Right. It's right. May first. So be- it's not cold. It's yep. not the winter hasn't hit yet. You have a better chance and on choking a grass to death, probably. Uh, yeah. 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 No, it's it's total. It's a total farce. Yeah. And this is a classic SFK type of thing. Guys out late at night. She's drunk. Um, he Young. disappears and then he found supposedly dead in water. But um, the other thing is that what's inter I don't know the connection between Brian Koberger, but he was criminally sophisticated. Koberger was in graduate school, right? He was in graduate school at the next town over in Washington. I think it was at the Washington state something, but there's pictures of him making really incredible state, like the one finger Manson thing. Uh, in front of a tesseract, like super sophisticated stuff. And he had literally, do you know who his, his teacher was undergraduate? It was Catherine Ramsland. Are you familiar with her? No, no. She was kind con- she was, she's like a criminal writer, writes crime books. She uh, had a best-selling book about the by BTK killer, but she, she actually has written something about the smiley face killers. Let me see if I can find that. Oh, wow. So that, that there's a weird connection between Ramsland and Koberger. But Koberger was a weird guy. Like he was always out late at night. Like they, the nights of those murders, 
he was clearly stalking them in the middle of the night. Like he was a night owl. Um, let's see if I can find this Ramsland thing. But yeah, so this is supposedly the lake. This is the lake in winter. So somebody walked out of there. It was Jonathan. See, you, you know what I oh, also... Oh, this is an investigative reporter, yeah. I also find this really interesting, and I, I, I don't think maybe you're not too familiar with the case, Ramsey, but, like, again, going back to that Kylie Rodney case, that is a case that just has, like, a lot of weird shit about it, and even the area, a lot of it doesn't make sense. Uh, there was a lot of people making money off the case, but, like, not too far from where that happened, there's a train tracks that kids are constantly just killing themselves on but then they'll find out that like there was something wrong with them prior i don't know how they figure that out after a train runs you over but they can like tell you like this person was already fucked up before the train hit them so like it's like almost like you know you you know if and if drugs is involved in that area or the party you know the college kids or whatever fraternities that are running drugs i'm just like starting to wonder like is, is trains and and bodies of water just like, you know, serial drug murders or uh, serial killing. It just seems really weird to me. Seems weird. So Kylie Rodney was the one that happened in Truckee, right? Mm-hmm. Where she disappeared for a while? Yeah. That was the How one where was it was like, there was, for? oh, a while. And like, that was another thing too. This is just really, it's just really weird to me. That whole case, when it came to anybody uh, knowing anything really about what happened, it was not, uh, there was a girl who, like, did some, like, they were, she was helping with searching for her. But she went on this big true crime show live on YouTube. And then she started spewing all this story and telling everybody what happened. And it just made no sense because people in school were like, yo, these two weren't even friends with each other. They didn't even like each other. You know, and then you got people, wow. like, the people who are doing these shows and now starting to go fund me's. And it just started getting really weird. And then this girl who has a YouTube channel who shows that she works for NASA. She works for the government. And the first video on her page shows what she does. She runs fake simulations. Why is this person now all of a sudden directing what happened? It's just really weird. A lot of money was like being pumped into GoFundMes. People going live and all their super chats with these guests that supposedly had these stories, but like none of it makes any sense. That's wild. It is interesting because even in the Chicago cases, there's been a couple guys who've come forward. I'm not going to mention his name, but like he really, apparently people have accused him of making up stories or augmenting the facts to increase his social media stature. And I reached out to him, but he didn't get back to me. But it is interesting that, uh, there's these opportunists yeah, in any yeah, kind of situation really like that. So this Kylie Rodney person might've been the same type of thing. Can you pull up the thing I posted? Sure, yeah, so sure. this is Ramsland. She's writing about the original kind of researchers, Gannon and Gilbertson. This is from 2015, but it's more than 14 men in this SFK. It's where it like 300, 200, 300 people, but this is all she knew. So she wrote a kind of a book critique of this, but, yeah, it is a trip, a, a, a connection between Ramsland, SFK, Hudson Lindau, and the Moscow Four. That Hudson Lindau death is hyper suspicious, yeah. super suspicious. The guy was like, I forgot, he was like a swimmer. So it's like another athletic young guy, like supposedly can't 
stand up in a creek, you know, it doesn't make sense. And the other interesting thing is there's been another kind of wander away death in Moscow, a guy by the name of Joseph Widerick in 2013. And he drowned in Paradise Creek. So I'm not saying that's connected to Goberger, but it is odd that uh, people can fall in these like shallow pools of water or drown. See, I even thought when I first heard about that crime, um, I am kind of like up in the air about Kohlberger. Uh, if he did do it, I don't think he did it alone. But again, I do think that was a multiple person killing. I don't think one person went in that house and did all that by themselves. What do you think his motivation was? I, I really, I have no idea. But I do. But but when that first thing happened to when I when I first heard about it, my first instinct was this was neither drugs, prostitution, and a cleanup crew. There was some somebody researched that somebody connected to that house thought it was a drug house. So people would wander through like a drug house all through the day because everybody was tolerant of it because they knew it was a drug house. Somebody was coming in to I mean, buy. You could have had fucking something. cam girls up in that place for all you know, and drugs. Who knows? Absolutely. I mean, listen, I'm not trying to knock. I mean, listen, I apologize. I know that people are deceased, but I, I have joked around. But it's true, and I'm sure Lisa can vouch for me since I have a female here when I'm saying it. Just the products to keep their hair looking the way it did, that was going to cost you money. And those girls, I don't think, had a full-time fucking job where they were going to college, and their parents were, like, practically gypsies. So where was that fucking money coming from just for them to upkeep their look? Good question. <laughs> yeah, there's something sketchy. I mean, he might have known something from them online. He was sophisticated uh, technically. Like, there's a story of Koberger. Some girl thought her house was being ransacked. It was because Koberger ransacked it. And then she asked Koberger to help. And he sets up, like, a surveillance system for her when he's the one who did it. Like, think how creepy that is. Like, that's incredibly creepy. <clears throat> but I've, I've, Koberger seems very sophisticated. I suspect he's involved in other deaths. They've, they've asked him questions or... Well, see, that's even another thing, too. I was, I was... Pennsylvania, yeah. I was like, I can't see... Again, like, maybe he has, and then this would explain it. I was like, I can't see this. I can't see him losing his virginity to stabbing four people in, a, like, a closed area. I just wasn't finding that. Like, that's the first time you're going to go out and kill people. You're going to do it that good and not get hurt and walk away from the house. Like, I don't know, man. Like, you've had to have had practice, or there had to be more than one person there, I think. You know? So, so if you're saying Seems there is prior ones, I could see then that would make sense. If he actually gets caught for killing prior people, I could see how he pulled this off without, you know, getting hurt himself. What's weird is he seems to be kind of a late night stalker. Like I think he did, he was up. He was an insomniac. That's was his pro. That was his. Yeah, uh, I think there prowling. was things about his neighbors even saying that the guy would be like yeah. up all hours at night, like making noises and shit. Yeah, just like around. <coughs> weird. But yeah, that's interesting though that that kid. I mean, that was just like right next door to the house, huh? Yeah, Hudson Lindau in the same uh, vicinity, like stones throw from the house. Is that like another college dorm or what is that? The house where they were murdered? Oh uh, no, with that, with that, no, with that, uh, that um, picture. It was somewhere. Somebody. He was at some party. He was. He was in part of the Greek environment, and they were too. Like one of the victims was one of the Moscow Four was either in a frat or was kicked out of a frat because but they I, were kind of adjacent to the fraternity row. 
because and Lindau was found kind of close to the fraternity houses too. I think looking at the um because I've tried like looking at the map and stuff and I, and I've covered a little bit of, of this from an occult aspect and especially with like numbers in Gematria. And I did notice that there is also a Queen's Road over there. So like I do just wonder like if from the look of if I am picturing her correctly, I think the house where that kid's picture was taken is actually closer to Queen's Road. So I'm wondering if that address might have even have been Queen's Road. But just, you know, going with occultism, I could, I wonder if there's like a progression there because there just was a lot of weird stuff, even with Freemason, uh, Freemasonic symbolism with this whole murder and everything, too, I think. You know, you have the house, it's 1122, that could add up to 33, or the next one's 33. Uh, on King's Road, King is the top of the Yadhe Vate formula, King, Queen, Prince, Princess. Uh, there was a lot of 17s in there when it comes to, like, times between stuff or time stamps. Uh, and then, like, Kabar, the knife sheath. The knife sheath, if you run it in Gematria, it equals 33. Uh, wow. Kohlberger was in G-Building, and the murders happened in an 1122 house. Like, it just seems really weird, too, with the, with the occult symbolism. So I'm, like, I'm wondering if, like, this kid being on Queen's Road could possibly, like, be part of the magical equation. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know that will probably sounded like fucking. I mean, it's not it craziness to, be too to you. Overt, <laughs> I would say for sure, but yeah. he was—he's a piece of work. If he's re- reading Manson stuff on his spare time and things like that, like he was—he was like interviewing criminals with questions and things like that. Like, why did you do that? Almost like he was studying them. Like mm-hmm. there was uh, some writings that he, like in his graduate studies, was you know asking criminology questions. Pretty wild. Even when I was running the, like, Gematria on the girls' names, like, two of the girls, like, they were matching, like, the same stuff, too. It was, like, really weird. Like, I think they both matched the word judgment. It was just, like, really creepy. And, and like, wow. this dude, and then, like, one of, a Quinn comes up, and then there was a drug dealer or someone associated with drug dealing with the last name of Quinn that was associated with them. So I was like, what the fuck? Just really, really weird stuff with occultism and Gematria with that whole case. So that that's what even makes me even like wonder like what really like you know it's probably multiple people to me if there's occultism involved I think like he's well there was another guy who died in between the murders and his arrest like you talking about Kopeka yeah was that his name Brent Kopeka mm-hmm. that was yeah he was yeah, supposedly yeah. I think uh, had a gun and was getting ready to kill people and they took him out. Yes, that's him. Yeah, that that may be his accomplice. He was a power. See, this is another weird coincidental, weird thing. That guy was in, I think, some power trooper unit or something like that. Right, like he was in the military. He was a heavy duty guy, right? Same unit that the detective was in with him for two years on the Moscow 4 case. Wow. I mean, come on. How coincidental is that? This is just getting too too many small degrees of differences here. You know, it's it's just getting weird. The whole thing is just very weird to me. It's very weird. Yeah. It's weird like a random thing. Like, it can't be random. Like, he selected the house. He stalked the house. They know he drove by multiple times. Yeah, so that's, that's not on. random. I can't, like, yo, imagine randomly just, like, and, and losing your virginity as a, as a, as a murderer. I'm going to randomly pick some college house with not knowing who the hell's there and go in with a knife and just, I guess, good luck. Come on! You could run into twenty dudes and get pummeled before you get anywhere. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> you knew somebody no. knew what was going on. The one girl had already moved out, and she just happened to be there that weekend too. That was, I think, it was definitely planned for sure. I think you're right. Targeted, planned, definitely, definitely. Something is just—it's just weird. Um, Lisa, was there anything else that you uh, with the, the connection with that? Yeah. It's it's going back a little bit to the Austin cases, but I was going to ask, well, have you noticed any kind of nefarious thing going on with the medical examiners in these areas as well? The uh, reason I ask that is because um, here in Travis County, there has been um, kind of that's been brought up in these forums of a lawsuit of a previous ME that was here. Uh, I think he left in 2015. And um, him and another Emmy are being sued because they moved to Lubbock County. They're being sued for illegal, let me get this correctly, improperly and illegally removing, retaining, and shipping remains of a 10-year-old girl. Wow. Their, their company in San Diego, California. And, he's all, and they're also being sued for wrongful termination. And apparently what the, what the gist is, is that they had been either falsifying Autopsy reports, potentially bribery. Um, they had also been um, changing the reports after the fact, and especially like I think in like ten capital murder cases, um, there has been evidence of them shipping body parts that they didn't ask permission for. And um, the other thing is the the other guy that is being sued he was mentored by the current me right now in Travis County so there has been all of that going on in the background and it's it it's kind of like are they in on it too and i read, i read a report in California how there's legislation that they try to not coerce but like um not force but the, but in, I guess plead with the Emmys to help some of these tissue donation companies get in as soon as possible, even sometimes in cases where they can't even finish the autopsy or complete the autopsy because tissue has already been removed in compliance with that law to help increase the, I guess, amount of tissue going into donations. So it, it just seemed odd that these MEs were in Travis County while this was going on, and then now they're involved in a lawsuit out of Lubbock County. And it made me curious as to, is this the case in other, like Chicago, like all these other places? Right. Right. So, I mean, I think that a lot of these uh, urban centers are super corrupt now. I mean, it's a sad thing to say. Right. But it wouldn't be, and everything is politicized, so maybe there's an, also an interest in not stoking public concern too much. I think that's definitely a truth. Like it's, it's a, there's a lot of financial stuff at stake. If right. there's a serial killer in your town yep. uh, or your college or things like that. Like I've had that discussion before in my smiley face killer discussions. I do, I do know two things offhand. The McNeil case, when the autopsy was done, he was brutalized, but it was never divulged to the family. They had to actually be the proactive party to obtain the autopsy, give it to Cyril Wecht, who then said this guy was blowtorched above his waist and somebody hit him in the head with an ice pick. So his family had no idea of that for 10 years. So imagine if they knew that at the outset. So I would say that's evidence of some type of corruption where not people, the parents weren't notified of uh, those findings. So it's a strange kind of inactivity. That's one. And then the other one comes to mind is Dakota James, who was missing for 40 days. 
So he was missing for a long time out of downtown Pittsburgh, PA. Then when he was found, his medical examination was done by some guy from China, literally like full Chinese name trained in China. And they didn't disclose anything to the parents. The mother was very heavily involved um, Mm -hmm. in her son's disappearance and death. Yeah. uh, His tragic death. And so the same thing happened. They got the autopsy, gave it to Cyril Wecht again, who lives in Pittsburgh, PA. And Cyril Wecht says, hey, there's a ligature mark around this guy's neck. There's a rope. There's a burned evidence of a, a burn around his neck. Now, I'm not a medical examiner. I have no medical training. I looked at that picture. I have a copy of that picture of Dakota James. It's very obvious that he had a rope tied around his neck. So why that wasn't in the medical examination in Pittsburgh, PA, by, done by some guy from China, is an open question. So just those two cases that have come to my attention makes me think that this is just the tip of a very large iceberg that it's happening in a lot of other areas too. For sure. Um, But, and I, I know that there's also as well family members that have meant that they, they had to insist on seeing the body as well to identify because um, you know, it, it, it was, it wasn't until they insisted or even insisted on getting copies of the autopsy because some of these autopsies are not being performed according to um, the the local news that interviewed some of the MEs that are currently employed. And they said, well, it's at the discretion of the ME whether we decide to do it or not. Sometimes it's surface, sometimes we don't do it, but we never do partials. That was a direct wow. wow. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like all, all the things that are kind of operating are, are against the information coming out to the public. Because I've actually called on some of these cases the PD, and I just stopped calling because they're totally useless. I literally could have talked to a brick. They won't divulge information. No. They won't give you dates. So it's just like, okay, this is totally useless. Then the state, like magazines or whatever, they are going overtime on trying to push the whole there is no serial killer. People are just wanting to you know, fluff it all up. Um, I mean, it's, they're going pretty hard on dismissing a lot of it and they're concentrating only in Austin. No, excuse me, no mention of the ones in Houston, San Antonio or the Valley or South Texas. Right. There was one in San Antonio too, that ended up in Austin. I forgot the kid's name, but he was found in the ditch too, but -hmm. it's not included in that Austin list. Yeah. Oh, it's not. Um, I'm trying to find the Dakota James autopsy picture because it's pretty obvious what happened. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know where it is. Laid into cremation. What's that? That some of the family members indicated that they're being bullied into oh. cremation. Wow. Oh, that's I- incredible. I'm not surprised, though. Wow. I'm not surprised. That's interesting. I mean, hasn't there just been tons and tons, well, not tons and tons, but there's been multiple cases, right, with, like, the... The autopsy really doesn't quite match. I mean, hasn't that guy, Cyril, even like... Cyril Wecht, yeah. He's done, a lot, he's done like, a lot of SFK cases, actually. He's probably yeah. done at least three that I know. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's been a few. That, so it makes you wonder about other ones. Yeah, that guy's very reliable, too. I found out, like, most of his criminal analyses are on point, all these cases. Um, one of the interesting cases, Dakota James, there was a guy who was pulled up who, like, literally, I think he was, his name was Davis. He was found in this uh, this year in the same spot where Dakota James was found on the Ohio, Ohio River. But probably nobody will make that connection. Where's this? Let me see if I can find the autopsy. Autopsy. 
Maybe it's under whacked. You want to pull up that other set of slides that I put Yeah, sure. Sorry. You can go over this weird. Um, I don't know how many more slides I have on that one, but you can go over this weird um, Boston case, a survivor. So that was actually, if you go back, that was actually kind of the, that's what the bridge would have looked like when Hudson Lindau was found in summer. So they literally, you can barely see any water there. It's a total joke. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. Damn. And that was another one. That's 2013. So that guy died. His name is uh, Weederick. Weederick, yeah. Yeah, I can't find the autopsy photos. Jeez. I don't know why those are white now. Yeah, no, they just they were just leftover slides. Oh, you can okay. go to that other set. If you can upload that other set. Yes. I think I called it Boston TD Garden. Uh, yeah. In looking at these autopsies, William, have you noticed that there is um, a commonality of lacerations to the face? Not to my knowledge. Uh, oh, I is this the same that. thing? No. All right, is this is yours? This is the same story, but it is interesting. So if people are watching this, there's a guy being pulled from the water. There's the guy pulling him from the water. His name is Finn Connor. And there's a weird guy behind him with glasses on, and he's like in his middle age. And that's the guy who found the body, but nobody knows his name. He disappeared, and the cops didn't um, ask him. And this guy had a serious bruise on his forehead, like a softball-sized bruise, like somebody hit him in the head with a baseball bat, the guy who was down on the ground. But you'll see more of that if you bring up those slides. Yep. But it's incredible. Like, the, the police didn't even find out who this guy in the purple was and why he was there when this guy almost drowned in water. It's off the charts. And this go. is right. So TD Gardens, you can look up these cases. The original cases are Bobby Hurley and Kelleher. Both guys came out of TD Gardens and ended up in water. So this guy's literal SFK survivor right there on the with the Boston hat. I forgot what his actual real name was, but uh, you can there, I can send you the the thing. Bad Brain is was the uh, interview, but. It was incredible. This guy literally almost lost his life and became an SFK victim, dead in water. The guy, this is the guy who rescued him, was Finn Connor. Just late last year, right? November 2022. Not that long ago. But yeah, this is incredible. Like, this could have been the break in the case. This guy might have killed so many people in Boston cases. I mean, I can bring up the Boston cases. Like, there's so many Boston cases, it's, uh, oh, my gosh. Did you happen to notice, like, a hiatus in the other cities as there was in Austin in COVID um, during the pandemic? Pan absolutely, absolutely. It all, yeah, I think the whole thing kind of slowed down. That's why I think it's rampaging right now. But, uh, yeah, the, there was a really good article about the, all the Boston cases. I interviewed her. You can find her on William Ramsey investigates. Her name was Elise Soper, and she ran the Cryptid Antiquarian podcast. And I interviewed her because she put up this uh, post about all the Boston cases, and she had like 2,000 comments. Like she said it was her most 
read post of all the stuff that she does. She writes on a bunch of different stuff, but she went through this list of cases and uh, people had great interest. So there's been people being thrown in the river for years in Boston. A lot of people too. Wow. Zach Marr, Justin Marshall, Michael Kelleher. There's just goes on and on. Yeah. Let me see if this is, let me see if I can find these cases. You know, if, if you do think about it too, some of these places where these weird murders are happening, I mean, and not, I mean, you have to think about it. Like you go back like 50, 60, 70 years ago. I mean, it wasn't unheard of to know that like the mafia or the mob was like running shit around. Right. Right. You know, and just because all, we're told they they're gone doesn't yeah. mean they are. They found hundreds of cases in like the Hudson or something, hundreds of dead bodies, like an incredible amount, like a disturbing amount of cases. So let's see what do I want to do. Yeah, so I can't I can't find that, but okay. yeah, look up Sorry. cryptid aqua- cryptid antiquarian, Elise Soper, and uh that's that's a really interesting article. Like there's ser- there's repositories of information on all these cases that are around. Hers is one of them. The other is Footprints at the River's Edge. Have you guys ever heard of that website? No. Yeah, there's like hundreds of cases there. Um there's another guy who did stuff. You know, Jim Smith is still kind of doing all that research. And uh, there's a lot. There's yeah, hundreds yeah. and hundreds of these cases, man. It's off the charts. Yeah, I didn't know about uh, some of those other ones. I just knew about really the Texas. So, I mean, like this, to me, I was just like, wow, this is a lot. There's Christian Martinez in Iowa this year. I mean, in my list, I could have probably spent like another, if I had the time, I could have added, you know, another 50 recent cases. Austin Redderath in Minnesota, 2022. Oh. Dominic Davey, there's been groundings in Finland. I mean, I just have to go through the uh, Joseph Kamau, Kane Turner, Arizona, some Swedish cases, a strange case in uh, Ireland, a very famous case called uh, Noah Donahoe was his name. He's a young kid found in water, probably something, some kind of violence happened to him. And there's another one. And I think it was um, the UK that people really were interested in. Her name was Bully. Have you ever heard of the Bully case? No, no. Yeah, she was kind of missing, and then she was found in water. Her name was Nicola Bully in Lancashire. And that was oh, just okay, yes, yes, yes. I'm yeah. sorry, yes. Huge I... case. Disappeared yeah, yeah. and then found uh, a mile away in a river. Yeah. I wonder, uh, yeah, I heard uh, Harsh Realities touch on that. I wonder if he might have even mentioned anything with Smiley Face Killers. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. But it's the style, you know, it's the MO. Yeah. But there are there's a lot more women now. There's more women than I I recall. It seemed to be just specifically men, but now they're just different ethnicities and women as well. Seems yeah, to be strange. Yeah. I mean, again, that would even go along with female would go along with the color change going from in occult symbolism from white to black. Guess like is it and less smiley it seems like less smiley faces are actually being found. So like the original name of this whole thing that Gannon and Gilbertson gave this phenomenon. It seems like there's not one although there was one found with um Seamus Gray in Chicago. I can try to show you that one, but you know you don't know if somebody's just kind of joking around or somebody's just trying to get attention either so it's it's not it's it's not really clear you know what's going on 
in that the the crime syndicate that used to is now um, being taken over or weeded out, or there's a new sheriff in town, a new syndicate that's trying to take over that market. I don't know if whatever the market is. I mean, you can simply even look at the fact, like, you know, there's been shows and TV series made about our smiley face symbol. Maybe we should change it. Like, it could just be simple as that. No, no. We got William Ramsey talking about us constantly. We got to come up with something different. Droning on about it, yeah. Oh, here it is right here. This was supposedly found at where uh, Seamus Gray was found. Somebody posted this Oops. online. Oh, all right, this one. I wasn't bad. I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't putting you down when I said constantly. Talking. I don't mind. I don't <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't mean to like I that at all. I came at this whole phenomenon in a different angle. Well, and a long time through. ago too. So I mean, you know, what's that? And a long time ago, it's not like you jumped on yeah. a bandwagon. You were kind of like part of like the beginning of people being like, "What's up with this?" Yeah. Well, I. I mean, uh, people weren't talking about it as much when I was yeah. kind of 2016. That's for sure. I thought that Gannon and Gilbertson had gone away. I called Gilbertson like five times. He never returned my call. So I didn't have Gannon's uh, contact information. I really should just reach out to him. But I was like, hey, this is happening. Because I watched it. You know, I watched the death of, I watched, uh, what's his name? Joey Labute disappear and then was found in Shioto. And then I watched Dakota James. And that was it. I was like, look, I was like, this is obviously happening. It's not an urban myth. So... So that's and here's that you like want to see uh, Lori Faber. Let's see if she has. Uh, she says that a smiley face was found where her uh, bro brother was found. Let me see if I can find yeah. that. Like a sticker. Yeah, a sticker with a smiley face. Yeah, and her, according to her um, written stuff on the blog, um, her brother sustained a puncture wound to the skull. That's why I was asking about lacerations to the face. Um, this was posted today, actually. Okay. Yeah, no, he was, I think he had his, like, the bone, his hip bone was snapped in half. Like, the that's fem the, the femur, fem yeah. Like, that's the most, that's the strongest bone, right? So that's very, very strange. And then he the was marking on the sticker is, she claims that that's exactly where Randy sustained the wound. The wound, wow. Damn. Yeah. And he, I think it was only 10 feet off. Like, he had injuries that were not consistent with a fall 10 feet off a, Correct. a bridge, is my understanding, yeah. The, so. uh, and the, wa the water was not, the water was shallow as well. So. All right. Uh, Lisa, do you have anything left? No, I'm good. Thank All you. Right. What about you, William? I think maybe we could send it there. Unless you have anything you wanna, else you, you want to play that, play that white of the eye video that I sent you. I want you guys to see it. Oh, where is that? Would you send me? Did email? I did I did I email? I me emailed it to you. Oh, okay. Let me check my email. Yeah, I want to see what you guys think. If you guys did the eyeball uh, analysis, but I, which I haven't heard, this might this might be uh, pretty interesting to you. Do you see it in your email? Yeah, I'm downloading it now. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna pull it up. But this guy was like legit. Like uh, Camel literally knew Crowley. Crowley used to write very long astrological tables for uh, Donald Camel because his dad wrote a biography about Crowley. Neil. All right, here we go. So.
damn these things. Oh, shoot. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's definitely bugged out. I mean, I, I could probably go on a lot for a while on that, but it would be... Well, tell, tell me your initial yeah, well, thoughts. I think, well, again, like, because you mentioned it when I mentioned the eyeball stuff. I mean, to me, like, the water, even the water itself is just very abyss. Like, the person being in black, um, her, like, for me, like, even the water faucets... There's parts in your eye that look like it could be a cliff that the fool's going to walk off of. Those water faucets, if you were to go like look at your eyeball, they're actually in the same shape that those little things are in your eye. If you pulled up the eyeball, you'd see what I'm talking about. It looks just like the Grateful Dead symbol where their eyes, it's really weird. But So like I see that and it's like, you know, your pupil uh, does kind of like when it gets really small, your uh, your it does like kind of like twist. And, like, the muscles twist your pupil closed. So I see, I get the understanding of the black thing and the girl being twisted up in pink. The muscle that's twisting for the pupil to get smaller. And then, like, when that happens, the water flows differently in your eyeball. And that's exactly why she's going to drown. Because now she's falling down into a, you know. Or you rise up like a god and that's why you have springs. <laughs> you know, and, and that's going back into the whatever. It'd be too much to explain it real quick, but I, I could but see. But it's like a there's... ritual killing, right? Like yeah, he could oh, just no, kill yeah, her yeah, while yeah, he wanted yeah. to. Instead, he ties her up and drowns her, and makes her watch. It's very representative of what's yeah. going on inside your eye and your mind, and with your soul too, in a weird way. I think it's very symbolic. It, it was it was metaphorical with the whole contact. How when you put contacts in, you prevent oxygen from actually reaching the cornea. And that's why you get tired eye with, with con wearing contacts for so long. The, the tears themselves cannot efficiently bring oxygen to the surface of the cornea. 
And then you see her in a tub struggling for oxygen. And then he holds up the mirror and then the mirror image of herself is like the lens as, as well as the lens reversing the image itself behind the lens and into the retina. So it's very, yeah, it was very upside down, very metaphorical, very, yeah. Isn't there like some kind of magical meaning with a hand mirror too? Like it's a, it's a, a way into the other world or something yeah, like that. Like yeah, mirror, mirror yeah. on the wall, you know. Mirrors was also big with Hathor. Like her big thing was like uh, this. Like it almost looks like a baby rattle. I can't. I can't remember the name. And a mirror that was like two of the biggest things that was associated with her. You know. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and I, I well, do think that's a smiley face killing, with, killing yeah. right there. Like that could be it. Like sure. somebody's taking somebody and drowning them somewhere else, and then putting them in there. You know. Yeah, it like could be very deep, layered, care. ritualistic killing on many deep layers. You know, or it could just be uh, like just ways that groups knock people off. Who knows? Right. Well, I've got some information that that's what's going on is like they're taking them somewhere. There's a group and they're like waterboarded to death. And then they get somebody takes them out and part of that group takes them and puts them in the water. And it creates a, you know, it creates a psycho in the psychosphere there's this feeling of terror yeah so that's yes, always yes. this undergirth of whether it's the sons of sam or the what was the killer in san francisco who scared the living daylights out of people the um with zodiac so that's a component of this is where they're creating yeah. this environment of fear in the society i think that For that's sure. intentional i think it's intentional. That, and that could be magical in itself as well Right. It's a form of magic. It's a form of power. (laughs) So if you're into power, like I'm using magic for power, my power is magnified by not killing one person, but terrifying millions. And that's what they said New York was like during Sons of Sam. Like their people were getting whacked all the time, but those seven killings made people terrified. Women were dying their hair. People weren't going out. That could just create it. And that that was what, um, What's his face? Uh, the kid. What was the one who got caught for it? Was uh, anyway, Brzezinski or what was his name? I can't remember. Anyway, that was what he said they were doing. They were literally trying to scare the whole population. I believe it. I can't remember what his name was, but yeah. So that may be something to do with SFK too, the occultism and the oh for sure smiling face, so. and especially as it's picking up too. I, I think that helps in in a in a way. For sure. Um, thank you both very much for coming on. Uh, Lisa, thank you very much for coming on and contributing as well. And William, it's always a pleasure and it's just always great having you on and uh, you know seeing the stuff that you're covering. Uh, if any other new stuff happens to come up, I have no problem having you back on and we could talk about it again. Um, thank you everybody for jumping in into the chat and all the people with the live. Uh, this might have actually been like Probably the most people I've ever seen in my life before. So I'm, I'm going to probably chalk that up to Ramsey. <laughs> I'm assuming. Maybe. I don't know. You guys speak. You can hear all my shows on the SFK on uh, William Ramsey Investigates. Go check them out. I've done a lot of shows. A lot of Jim Smith, Igor yeah. Sarsky, Tynes the One, O9A. You, we've done a show on that too, right? Uh, but thank you, everybody, for checking in on the live. I mean, at the, over 170 at one point. I was I'd Actually, I, oh, I was wow. asking you a question before. And I noticed how many, and it fucked me up. And I 
That's I actually got sidetracked. I've never seen that many people before. Holy it shit! Happens. Yeah, yeah. So, so thank you, William, because I'm sure that wasn't my doing. Uh, and thank you again, Lisa, for coming on. Um, both of you, you know, again, amazing work. And to everybody who jumped in, that's what's up. That's why I go live. And until the next one, everybody, be well. Later.